Welcome to the message podcast for Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. Make sure you join us each Sunday at 9 a.m. on Facebook Live. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road and a new campus in East Rockingham at 414 Southeast Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, at our Harrisonburg campus, we have a Spanish campus that meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. Check out our website, cotnaz.org, for more information. Good morning, church family. We're so glad you're here. I'm Pastor Terry, outreach pastor, for those who have not met me yet. We've been studying the book of James, and today we're on week four. James and the power of perseverance. There are definitely benefits in pressing on. The Christian life is like a marathon. We're going to watch a video, 1992 Barcelona Olympics. After Derek Redmond tore his hamstring in the 400-meter semifinal at the Olympics, his dad comes out of the stands and crosses the finish line to come to actually help his son cross the finish line. Watch this video and be encouraged. Tom Hammond and Craig Massback back at... Olympic Stadium in Barcelona, coming up to the men's 400-meter semifinals. Here are the lane assignments. Steve Lewis in lane three. Top four to Wednesday's final. Steve Lewis in lane three. Roberto Hernandez out quickly in four. Now down the back stretch. Ismael on the left of the screen is running very, very quickly. And inside of Lewis, Sunday Bada of Nigeria. And Derek Redman of Great Britain has pulled up with an injury. Redman is out. Derek Redman, the British record holder and an important member of that British 4 by 400 meter relay team, as he doesn't want anybody to help him. It'll be Lewis to win in 44.50. Look at this. He's going to try to finish his semifinal race. The British have a certain tradition of running, which you have to respect. A bizarre finish to this first semifinal in the men's 400 meters. Derek Redmond of Great Britain pulled up with an injury Halfway down the back stretch, he's fighting off those trying to help him to finish the race in his lane. And now the pain too much.
swelling throughout Olympic Stadium as Redman, with assistance this time, approaches the finish line he had wanted so desperately to reach. That is the Olympic spirit. Derek Redmond persevered. He finished strong. He finished the race well. There are biblical benefits to perseverance. You'll receive the crown of life. Perseverance produces character. And perseverance brings glory to God. Pastor Jarrett has been leading us through an in-depth study over the last several weeks on the book of James. To refresh your memory, James was Jesus' half-brother, so he was an eyewitness of Jesus growing up. James was not a follower of Jesus until he witnessed Jesus die on the cross and the resurrection, and then... James believed. James refers to the Sermon on the Mount over 20 times in the book of James because he remembered Jesus' words and he wanted to share them. James provides practical advice for the Christian on how to live a godly life. James is often referred to as the Proverbs of the New Testament. The central theme of the book of James is really faith is about action. Action that transforms lives. James spurs the believer to have genuine faith during difficult times. He doesn't say if trouble comes. He says, but when it does, then as Christians, we will actually benefit from our troubles. James, he was highly respected. He was a religious. He was a righteous. He was a holy man of God. He was the leader of the Jerusalem church for over 30 years, even though other apostles lived there. And later in James's life, he was martyred because of his faith in Jesus. James is writing to Jewish Christians, those who had been scattered throughout the Mediterranean uh, world because of persecution. They were no longer Jews. They no longer fit in with the Romans. They wasn't liked. They wasn't liked by the Greeks. Uh, they were outcasts. They were poverty-stricken people, many without jobs. They were without social status, and times were hard. Let us pray. Jesus, you are welcome here. Help us, Holy Spirit, to hear the word and apply it. When burdens come, when burdens that seem unbearable come, help us to be stone cutters who continue to hammer away at the rocks in our lives. 
without a single crack. And then suddenly, on the 101st strike, that blow splits the stone in two. Lord Jesus, teacher, we know it wasn't the last blow that did it, but it's been all those before it. Please, help us to persevere under trials when they come. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please turn with me to James chapter 1, verses 9 through 16. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls, its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trials because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Today's message is titled Steadfast Hope. We're going to dig deep into each verse, starting with verse 9. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with the scorching heat and withers the plant. It blossoms, falls, and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. In these verses, James is addressing two classes of people, the lowly and the rich. Class one, the lowly brother. He's talking to a fellow believer. Christians would have been beaten and thrown into prison. Class two, a warning to the rich that put their faith in their wealth. A man's life is not found in the abundance of his things. Riches will only last a short season, such as a flower will only last a short season. 
It is the flowering to the fading. Poor or rich, we all will face trials. Everything can be taken away in a trial. Our identity must be found in God. How do we live in tune with the Lord? So when trials come, we persevere. We must be anchored. We must be nailed to the floor. Verse 12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. In verse 12, James is continuing his discussion from verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must Finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Perseverance requires hard work. Several names of people in the Bible that persevered. Job, through it all. Man, Job stayed true to God and he kept his faith. The Apostle Paul Wow, there's absolutely no better conversion story. First, killing the Christians and then becoming one. Paul faced many trials and persecutions because of his faith. And then Jesus is the ultimate display of perseverance until death. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The poor or rich will face trials. And when we do, we must persevere. Some of you would say right now in this room that you're in a trial. The word of the Lord is saying, hang in there, persevere. Think about the battles that you're in right now. Now think about what it looks like to persevere with Jesus. James tells us that blessed is the one who perseveres under trials. We battle with an I. The I deserve this. The I deserve that. Persevering faith. The Lord is the author of our faith. He desires for us to bear up under the trials, to never abandon our trust in the Lord. Even if in a state of confusion, we are to hang on to the Lord. I want to tell you a personal story about persevering faith. I was my mom's primary caregiver for 13 years. Mom recently died. She had advanced COPD 
advanced congestive heart failure, AFib, a flutter, and for the last five years of her life, she was totally blind. It's easy for us to talk and to theorize about faith, but faith has to be lived. Mom suffered with much physical pain and often experienced the inability to get her breath. Through the trials, Mom persevered. She proved her faith in the raging storms of her life. During doctor visits, hospital visits, and extended stays, especially when friends would call her on the phone or they would come visit, Jesus was precious to Mom because of the raging storms. Let me say that again. Jesus was precious to mom because of the raging storms. She weathered the storms and she finished strong. She never complained about her life and her life circumstances. Mom lived her faith. She persevered. Always hold on to verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who trust him. Verses 13, 14, and 15. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when it is full grown, it gives birth to death. These verses are telling us Temptation does not come from God. The stresses of moral choice bring a crown of life when one faces them steadfastly. But they can raise questions in the mind. James tells us, Let no man who feels an impulse to commit sin say, I'm being tempted by God. God permits trials to make us strong, but he never entices us to do evil. God is a holy God. His whole plan of redemption was designed to destroy sin. The world would say, the devil made me do it. But verse 14 says, my own desires have tempted me. It is a man's personal involvement and responsibility for the sins committed. The issue is this. We get to choose perseverance or quitting. That's free will. Here's the question. Would I rather have free will, be tempted, 
and have the possibility of victory? Or would I like to be a good robot? The robot is without temptation and also does not know freedom or the challenges of conflict. The robot knows nothing about the victory of battles won. The robot will never know love. Verse 15 tells us that sin begins with a wrong thought. Then action is taken to follow through and grants consent of the will to act upon the sin. Verse 16, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. The verse is saying, do not wonder so far in your thinking as to believe that any trial or any temptation comes from an evil purpose of God's part. James is teaching that paradoxical gifts of sufferings, trials, and hardships can produce endurance and shape our character. God does not want us to be like a greenhouse plant that's all protected and sheltered from the tough weather. No, but he wants us to be like storm-beaten oaks. Not be like sand dunes that's driven back and forth with the waves and the wind, but like granite mountains that withstand the fierce of storms. Yet, to accomplish this, he must take us into his testing room of suffering. God wants to use the trials in our lives to make us more like Jesus. In fact, they will make us more like Jesus when we are steadfast in our faith. When you've made it through, you will receive the crown of life. We're going to watch a video. Don't limit God. Never give up. God will use the foolish things to confound the wise. God can use a man without arms and legs to be his hands and feet. To prove that it's not about Nick. It's not about his ability. It's not about him and his strength and how, how he speaks all around the world and uses his hands greatly as gestures and body language while he gets excited preaching. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. I didn't write my story. Jesus wrote my story. He knew me before the earth began. And I don't know about you, but yeah, it's good to have a job. It's good to have a relationship and get married and have kids. It's good to have that stuff. But until you find Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there will be always something missing. You can't rely on you because you will fail you every single time, just about. I needed Him, not just because of this, but for my heart, for my mind. By the grace of God, He kept me here on earth, even though I tried to commit suicide at age 10. The bullying at my school convinced me that I was a mistake, that I'd never eventuate to anything. Man, 
What a lie. When you realize it's just the devil, I say just the devil because the devil's nothing compared to Jesus. I was listening to the encouragement my parents were saying, but then listening to the lies at the same time, the lies saying, you're not good enough, Nick, just give up. No, I am wonderfully and fearfully made according to Psalm 139. Oh, Nick, you should just give up. No, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. At age 10, I didn't believe the truth because I wasn't running the race. I wasn't in the right race. The race where it's not just getting things in your life and doing things and having things. What happens after you get married? You think you're the happiest person alive. You need to talk to some married people first. <laughs> Amen? Amen? All right, so then after you get married, and I love my wife, trust me. But if you're not happy single in Jesus, then you're not gonna be happy married. Amen? It's not about me. It's not about my ability. It's not anything about that. It's all about Jesus. It's not about what you have or what you don't have, or what you wish you had or what you wish you didn't have. It's all about Jesus, that no matter where you are in your life right now, if you ask God to forgive you of your sin and you repent of your sin, God will come into your life, forgive you of your sin. You'll receive His life, His blessings, His life eternal, and His life, life's plan for your life. Not my plan, I don't want my plan. Sometimes we just need to get over ourselves and actually realize that sometimes God actually has a better plan. I suggest a plan to God and He doesn't say anything sometimes. But we gotta understand that God's ways are higher than ours and thoughts are higher than ours. And I showed that video for, for the summary of my testimony. And I want you to know in your life, I don't know what you're going through, but God does. If I have Jesus, I have everything I need. Now, does that mean I, I don't have a pair of shoes in my closet just in case he says yes to me? No, I do have a pair, okay? Just in case, okay? I wanna be ready. But what we need healing first is in the inside and to hear the voice of God. Hearing the voice of God, when you hear a phone ring, you pick it up, okay? When you're sometimes dialing into heaven and it feels like He's not picking up, don't hang up on God, He's listening. I hung up on God because I didn't understand His plan. God said through my parents, Nick, God's got a plan for your life. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. I have a whole plan in the future. I'm like, no way, there's no race like that. There's no heaven, there's no God. Look at all the pain in the world. If God loved the world, then why is He letting so much pain happen? Later on, you realize in the Bible, God doesn't give us pain, but whatever the enemy tried to use for bad, God turned into good. I can't do anything with my broken pieces, but there's nothing that God cannot do. I've seen pain. I've seen miracles. God allows things that we don't understand, but I want you to know if you hold on to Him, He'll hold on to you. If you trust in the Lord with all your heart, even when you cannot walk, He'll carry you. When you don't get a miracle, you can still be a miracle. I don't need what the world can give me. I want what Jesus wants to give me. What do you think I rather want? One more person to live forever or have a little bit more money? 
What do you take with you? Nothing. Nothing. Not your garden, not your car, not your nothing. Just you, your soul. And the encouragement you've planted all around you, hopefully souls to come with you. I can only imagine. Now, don't, don't handcuff me because of my doctrine, but I just like this illustration. Imagine God sees me and He says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Welcome home. And then He sort of looks over my shoulder and says, who'd you bring? Amen? I want to run that race, the race that matters, the race that counts. And I'd rather be paralyzed in the arms of Jesus in that race than be the first prize winner and runner in any other race. Band, come on up, please. Everyone, please close your eyes. I want you to focus on God's love for you. Give Him your trials. Ask Him for strength. Claim victory for your life. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, when it hurts so much, please help us not to give up. Philippians 4.13 says, I can, we can, all of us can, God do all things with the strength of you in us, every person in this congregation. Lord, I know we're facing all kinds of trials here. People are out of work. There's relationship problems. There's sickness. You name it. We got it. We're a broken bunch of people. God, we want to be in the right race. We want to finish strong. Today, if you're asking God to help you to persevere and you're choosing to trust Jesus, I want you just to lift up your hand. You don't have to keep it up. Just raise it up and put it back down. You're trusting Jesus to help you persevere. You know that he's faithful. You're desiring, knowing that he will see you through. Claim God's word. Claim Jeremiah 29, 11 for your life. Jesus says, his word says, for I know the plans that I have for you. You put your name in there. You put your name in there. For you, for me, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And they are plans of good. They're plans to prosper your life with the future of hope and not disaster. Choose Jesus. Trust God. Father, God, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, equip us, empower us. Lord, we want you to be our portion. Live in us and live through us. Times are hard, Jesus. Times are hard. We need you. We love you. We worship you. We ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening, please subscribe to this channel for the latest updates and new episodes.